0: This week, it's all about robocalls. You know, those pesky, unwanted calls that keep cropping up on your phone, where people try to convince you that your car's warranty is out of date, or that your grandson has been kidnapped, or that you need to give them money right now or be arrested? Of course, it's all baloney, straight-up fraud, and completely illegal. In fact, the Federal Communications Commission earlier this year announced they're stepping up efforts to fight back against robocalls, which are a major source of consumer complaints, more than 13,000 a month from consumers this year so far. But state law enforcement officials are also fighting back. Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost and Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel put on a webinar recently for attorneys general nationwide, explaining how they can join the fight. Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost.
1: Robocallers are like a plague of locusts, except these locusts use 21st century technology to swarm through the international telecommunications landscape, deceiving and scamming and defrauding thousands of our constituents every single day. They strike in overwhelming numbers. They cross borders, jurisdictions with impunity. They pillage and consume everything they can, and then they vanish. Vanish into the digital frontier with millions of stolen dollars.
0: One of the featured speakers on this webinar was networking technology expert David Frankel, who is the founder of ZipDX.
1: These pre-recorded calls are are initiated completely by a computer, a server. Um, Somebody running that server, a mastermind of some kind, Uh, loads a recorded or artificial voice into that, uh, obtains usually a cheap calling list uh, from somewhere on the internet uh, and starts blasting out calls. They have to pay for every answered call, but they don't pay very much money. Uh, They can make a million calls for actually several hundred dollars. And so this is a very effective way for them to try to find victims, targets that will take their bait and and engage with them. Uh, They're happy to make a million calls to try to find a a few hundred, even a few dozen people that will engage with them. Um, They make money usually by selling some product or service or or by stealing or extorting uh, an identity or funds from that person. Um, Even if only a few dozen people succumb to their scam, uh, they can make money and good money. That's why they do it. And generally, uh, these callers are using whatever scam they can dream up to try to convince somebody that there's a problem and that they need to reveal information or send money. Most of these red scams, they're just invented. They're just making something up that they hope will scare some tiny fraction of the people they call into engaging with them. And then and then they they rope them in. Um. So how did we get here? Well, in in the beginning, Ma Bell, AT&T, and some some, uh, peripheral companies controlled every phone number, and charge high rates to call across the country. I say high, not because at the time they were uh, uh, extortion, but but high relative to what it costs today. Um, Advancing computer technology over the decades has made telephone equipment switching systems, transmission systems like fiber optics, much, much, much cheaper. Now, all telephone signals travel as digital bits very, very efficiently. In 1996, uh, the FCC, uh had the telecom act that uh opened telecommunications networks to more competition it used to be a very very closed network operated by initially AT&T and a, a very confined set of people but now it's uh it's much more open rates have gotten pushed down further through technology and and competition anybody can be a phone company it's not that hard um historically as these new entrants came into the business, they didn't really pay attention to how their service was being used. They just put it out there and and let anybody call. Um, Some telcos got sloppy and greedy, and they started allowing this high volume calling and what we call number spoofing, where a caller can make up even any number that they want and claim to be calling from that number. Um, With the internet, uh, and, and everything traveling is digital bits, these callers can be anywhere, including outside our country. And, and they have, uh, they, they pay nothing to transmit their calls across the ocean and get them to a gateway in the United States. And they can be anonymous. They may pay via PayPal or some other uh, payment mechanism that's, that's untraceable. So how calls flow and how the money flows, because at the end of the day, it's often all about the money that they follow the same path. You have a caller somewhere, often overseas, a fraudster, um, or somebody based in the United States who's doing telemarketing lead generation, uh, again, potentially not legally. And, and they will put up money for a calling campaign. As I said earlier, they can spend on the order of $1,000 to make a million calls, uh, even less than that, pay anonymously. And then there is some gateway or origination provider a telephone company somebody that is holds themselves out to be a telephone company has gone through a few fairly simple steps to establish themselves as a provider they accept payment they are the ones that are allowing these calls onto the telephone network. You cannot sit in Pakistan and send a call directly to a Verizon or at and or, or mobile telephone, a T-Mobile telephone. You have to pay somebody to do that for you. So that's what we call the gateway or origination provider. They're taking money and then they pay somebody else usually downstream from them, another telephone company to take that call and send it onward towards its destination. Many of these calls will hop through several providers as they make their way to the destination. Um, And and some payment changes hands at each step along the way. Many of these phone companies profess that, as far as they know, these calls are legal. Um, And and we'll talk more about, about ferreting that out. Eventually, a call reaches a victim uh, some tiny fraction of them will press one or otherwise take the bait. At that point, they'll talk to a human being, and that human closer will extract fifty, five hundred, whatever amount of money they can. I mean, there's some terrible, terrible stories that most of you know, uh, where, where huge life savings have been lost. Uh so this is good business. This is why the fraudster starts it. Um they, they ultimately get that money coming back up to them through gift cards, usually, or wire transfers to a, a foreign bank account. Um, and and similarly, they're taking a, a tiny bit of that money and paying it to their providers to put those calls onto the network and to let this happen. Um, here are some frequently asked questions that have come up over the years of, of working in this space. I, I won't read them all Uh, many of you know more of the questions and the answers uh people ask where do they how do they get the phone numbers who gives them the phone numbers in many cases they're not their phone numbers they just make them up and and in fact you'll see when we look at their calling patterns in many cases we see that every call is made from a different telephone number even though it's from the same source the same computer making those calls um uh, you know, for the video earlier, how do they know my car warranty is expiring? Well, they don't. They, they, they just call a million people and they tell everybody their car warranty is expiring. They call a million people and they speak Chinese to them. and And the handful that, in fact, understand that Uh, say, wow, they're calling me and and speaking my native language. I'm going to, you know, press one and see what they want.
0: But Frankel says the telecom industry has to accept responsibility for policing their own networks and keeping those calls from reaching consumers. And he says they have the tools right
1: now to do it. Millions of records can be analyzed in seconds, and that will reveal suspicious traffic. And then that warrants an investigation. And if the customer that's sending the provider that call traffic, cannot in full detail explain exactly how that traffic is legal, then that provider needs to, to deny this. Now, we know that callers are going to adapt. Somebody pointed out to me that this slide deck gives away a lot of secrets, explains what, what the metrics are. I'm sure there are a few nefarious robocallers that are, have access to this webinar. Uh, they will adapt. We will adapt as well. But this is absolutely the starting point and uh, place for us to dive in and reverse this mentality of innocent until proven guilty. When it's dialer traffic, that's guilty until proven innocent.
0: That was ZipDX founder and networking technology expert David Frankel. To find out more about Ohio's efforts to fight robocalls, visit ohioprotects.org. And if you'd like to file a complaint, visit FCC.gov and that's it for now stay happy and healthy and we'll see you again next week that was this week in tech with gene destro tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5 1590 wakr and wakr.net